Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Such a privilege to have you tune in again. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Ricky Sue. He is the co-founder and CEO at Provio Health. He's a licensed pharmacist in California and extremely passionate about technology and healthcare. Prior to co-founding Provio Health, Ricky managed multiple pharmacy care teams at specialty pharmacies and at two of California's largest medical groups. The majority of his healthcare career has been focused on creating innovative care strategies for low-income populations with complex care needs. Ricky's experience at the ground level in managed care had a huge impact and allowed him to identify major pain points when providing care to patients. It was here that Provio's health mission and blueprints were drawn. And today we get to dive into the work that he and his co-founder, William and team are doing to level the playing field around this area. And so with that, I want to welcome him to the podcast. Ricky, so glad you could join us today. Hi, Saul. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, my friend. And so first of all, before we dive into Provia Health and Iris, you know, the product, the, the digital product you guys have, I want to learn a little bit more about you and what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah, so I've actually always been really proud of the fact that in healthcare, you can make a great living while helping people get better. So there's a few industries that you can do that. And I'm fortunate enough that healthcare is one of them, right? So as a pharmacist, I used to help one person at a time at the counter and then, and then over the phone or so on. And when I entered managed care, I realized that the decisions that I make in managed care could now affect hundreds or thousands of people. And so now with Provio Health, I'm constantly really asking myself, you know, how can we build something great and how can we build something that will end up positively impacting as many people as possible, right? Especially those in the underserved population. So that's what really allows me to enjoy the work that I'm doing right now. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And with the digital health tools available today and, you know, some ingenuity, some practicality and a little know-how, you could get really far in scaling what you could do one-on-one to populations. So tell us a little bit more about Provio Health, Ricky, and, you know, how the business is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah. So Provio Health's goal is to help healthcare companies save time and resources by fully automating their patient outreach, right? So we do that by incorporating an intelligent chatbot with conversational and artificial intelligence on the front end. And then we pair that to a patient assessment platform that can automatically understand your health situation through your EMR records. And, you know, as you've mentioned before, our chatbot's name is IRIS, stands for Intelligent Response and Information System. It automatically screens and assesses the patients to find out which services they need. And then we can provide a platform where the providers can then monitor and follow up with the patients all in one place. So it saves them a lot of time and makes it a lot easier. You know, you can imagine if you had a super well-trained healthcare worker, whether it's a nurse, a pharmacist, or a technician that's put in charge of reaching out to your patients. And now all of a sudden, they can read every patient's record in your entire system, reach out, talk to them simultaneously, ask the right questions, pick the correct service each one needs, right? And compare that to right now, where most of the staff in this area are pretty much doing it manually, and they're swamped, and they can barely reach maybe a few percentage of the entire population that they're in charge of. So just imagine how many more patients will get the help they desperately needed if we can automate this entire process. Yeah, no, it's definitely an opportunity. So Are you guys mainly interfacing, you said healthcare companies, so 
is it mainly employers? Is it like who? who yeah, so working it, it's a it's a B two B business model, and yeah. our main clientele is payers, providers, okay. and pharmacies. Okay, yep. payers, providers, and pharmacies. So you have these different stakeholders using the system. How are you helping each? So walk us through that. You know, how are you helping the payer? How are you helping the provider? And how are you yeah, helping so, the pharmacy? So the payer and the provider are very intertwined, right? Both of them mm-hmm. are very much involved in this whole patient outreach where they have to be proactive. And whether it's uh, chronic care management or it's you know just enabling services and reaching out to make sure that the patients get what they need, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of food insecurities right now, for example, homelessness or mental health and depression in those areas. So there's a lot of enabling services out there that are available to these patients, but they're not necessarily getting access and getting referred to the right proper care that they need at any given time. So it's important for the providers and the payers to be able to identify the patients quickly, right? Screen them, risk assess them, and get them quickly out to these services so that you know they prevent the deterioration of their care downstream. So that's on the payer and the provider side. On the pharmacy side, it's a lot simpler of a use case where if you can automate a lot of the processes that are being done manually, like tracking people for their refills, reaching out to the providers before their medications are due, interfacing with the providers and and keeping the patients, the pharmacists and the providers together in the same loop. There's a lot of automation that goes on there that can save everybody time, make the patient have a better experience, basically help drive some revenues for the pharmacy and improves care and adherence all at the same time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And so on the one hand, for providers and payers, it's kind of facilitating a social determinant of health screening, an overall picture of the patient, making sure that anything gets caught before it becomes a problem. And on the pharmacy side, it's a solution to help streamline and automate and stay ahead of things. Exactly, exactly. In both cases, our goal is not to reinvent the wheel and come up with a brand new solution that people haven't thought of, right? We're sure. we're looking at what the clinicians are currently doing. We're trusting the system, but we're automating the workflow and enabling them to be able to do that with a larger amount of patients, basically. Makes sense. Makes sense. So what would you say makes you guys different than what's available today? Yeah, so I think there's three main things that differentiates us, right? And the first mm-hmm. is, of course, our team. We're very proud of the team that we've built, full of healthcare insiders that have been on the ground and seen the problems firsthand, understand both you know the politics and the regulations, kind of the nuances of the healthcare that a lot of digital health or technology companies don't get, right? It's not like we came up with right. a cool technology and we tried to then figure our way around healthcare. So we identified a lot of the problems and then identified which technology would fit that solution. Even our advisors all come from different works of healthcare, basically. Either they're healthcare executives, medical directors, or healthcare attorneys that have all kind of touched and been in this space. So that I think that's very important. My co-founder, William, is a is our CTO. He's a technical lead on the entire company. And you know, for a software developer, he's been in the health and wellness space for the last 10 to 15 years, building and selling digital solutions to some of the bigger players in healthcare as well. So I think that's definitely, you know, number one, because it's important at this time in, in, in our healthcare. And the second is our approach to the way that the way that we design and the way that we build our product. Because of the fact that we've all been dealing with 
new vendors, new solutions when we were on the ground in healthcare. We understand the frustrations, right? The silos and efficiencies, learning new systems, the list goes on and on. And so our approach is to make sure that we're here to truly make life easier for the clinicians and the operations of healthcare. It needs to be totally easy and seamless. You know, we don't want to solve a problem, but create two or three new problems downstream because of what we do, as we often see again in, in many of the technology services that we see today. So it takes a lot more thought to actually design and, and work through that, you know, design the workflow so that you can actually achieve that. But for us, it's a worthwhile approach because that's the type of service that we would want if we were in those clinicians' shoes, right? That's what we want for ourselves. And the final one, which is kind of related, is, is obviously our product, right? So our product really reflects both our team and our approach to solving the problems that we're targeting. It's the only product that we know on the market that's it's a, it's a chatbot that's 100% customizable. It can fit into any EMR system uh, on the market within a couple weeks' time. And we really provide that one-stop seamless integration for the entire clientele and their entire company, basically, as a technology platform. Yeah, no, that's great. And I appreciate you walking us down the different areas that differentiate you guys. How would you say the technology and the team have improved outcomes or made business better so far? Yeah, so we're an early stage company. We're still in the pilot mode, but the prospects that we're talking to all have the same thing in mind. Right. They all want to improve the efficiency of their workforce at a low cost. And we can say that across pretty much across the entire healthcare spectrum. That's been a priority right now. Right. But when we approach our customers and our prospects and they look at the product house design, that's really the number one thing that they're looking at. And they want to use their nurses that are highly trained to do more than just chase after patients on the phone all day and be on hold or you know, call a bunch of patients with no results, right? So they want to be able to serve more patients and do that in a sustainable manner as well. Well, they want to cover more data about their patients than they actually have the time they can afford to do that right now, right? So we're confident that we can help all of our uh, healthcare organizations achieve those things and basically enable them to exert a greater effect and benefit on their population. Yeah, Ricky, you know, it makes a lot of sense and uh, totally get that you guys are early in it. But nevertheless, adding value to those people that really need that optimization. And really, the niche is maybe, you know, like lower income, trying to give that niche of patients a better treatment and a better care management strategy that's automated and less costly, right? Because that's the challenge. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the holy grail, right? It's how you can benefit the low income and usually high cost and high complex care patient population, right? Because, you know, the the 80-20 rule applies very much to the cost and the utilizers of healthcare in this sector. I've experienced that in multiple organizations that I've worked with prior to Provio Health. And the interesting thing is that a lot of healthcare technology that you'll see, right, if it's new technologies, usually a large majority of them start out in more or less the commercial sector where there's, there's less mm-hmm. barriers to entry. You might see more adoption of technology because of the population. They're, they're generally healthier. They're higher earners. They're more tech savvy, basically, right? right? But the ironic thing is that population generally doesn't need that technology to stay healthier, right? They're doing generally pretty well, not perfect, mm-hmm. but but they're doing pretty well. And so the challenge is how do you get either that technology to trickle down 
to the low-income needy population? Or how do you develop a solution that can fit into the needy population, the people that need it the most, and be able to get a viable business model right off from the start? And so that's our approach that we're looking at it right now. We're confident, again, in, in the expertise that we have to be able to penetrate this market and bring this technology to the people that actually need it. Love it. You know, and we typically like to ask, hey, what's one of the biggest setbacks you had? Maybe that's a question you answer, or maybe you answer, what do you think will be your biggest setback and how are you planning for it? Feel free to answer either. I just wanted to put yeah. it in two different ways, given the stage of the company and what you, where you guys sure, are. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, as you know, we're, we're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic right now. And, and to be honest, right, not to be cliche or anything, but this has been a pretty big setback for us because, yeah. you know, in, in terms of meeting prospects, showing demos and connecting with the decision makers in the healthcare organizations that we really depend on at this stage of our company, the timing is crucial right now, right? And totally. so not only is it tough to secure new meetings, but also uh, the companies that we're engaged with, especially healthcare entities, they have to put a hold on all the new initiatives to focus on how to contain the pandemic in their own sectors. And and rightly so, right? Because totally. that's that's totally what's important right now. Yep. And so this thing hit when we were we felt like there was definitely some new traction around the corner. Mm. Um, and so it was a pretty major transition for us. And I know a lot of other businesses and a lot of other employees are out there suffering just as much or, or even yes. more. And so we're all in this together and we just have to work through it, right? But that's definitely been a, a huge transition and a huge challenge for us right now. Yeah, no, you know what? And, you know, the past few weeks, the same thing has come up, you know, and folks, you're listening to this, probably not in your head thinking, wow, yeah, totally get it. I'm going through it myself. And so what are you doing to to overcome it, Ricky? And, you know, what does the future look like? You know, the interesting thing is that during the pandemic, so we started looking at ways of how we can actually help these same healthcare companies that we were looking at before, how do we help them battle the pandemic, right? Can our solution yeah. actually be uh, pivoted or, or just be applied in some different way so that we can actually make a difference and, and serve the public health in a meaningful way? And then we found out that we were getting an onslaught of basically frequently asked questions on the COVID-19 virus. Like, what is it? You know, how is it different than the flu? How do we properly quarantine and so on? And so we actually built our own COVID-19 chatbot within a short, you know, two week or so time frame. Uh, of course, it's very simple to operate and it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of our original services. Sure. But sure. it gets a job done, right? And it's what the customers need right now. And so it was very interesting because as we started to look at the whole pandemic and the and kind of the things that were needed now, then we started getting more requests like well, can you help us screen patients to be eligible to receive uh, free masks or develop a chatbot to help employees return to work after the peak is over and so forth. And so there's really, yeah, uh, kind of we discovered a whole vertical of informational services that can be hosted on our chatbot that we can provide for some people. And if we can help just that little bit, you know, then, then we're doing our part, right? We're still sticking to our original mission and helping alleviate some of the load off of these clinicians and off of the uh, healthcare operations. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're focused on right now and, and running these two parallels at the same time. Yeah, you know, and just kind of thinking about the chatbot as an intake function that feels kind of like, I mean, they know it's a chatbot if they're reaching out, but you feel like you're getting a response and you're vetting out 
a lot of information that you need for whatever initiative you might have, like masks or providing services or whatever it might be. And so it becomes another intake process that you offload from their team so they could focus on keeping healthy and keeping the things running as much as they could during this time. So now you guys are refocused there. And that's kind of cool that you uncovered that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it shows that, right, especially in this time where there a lot of companies might be short on staff, the sudden onslaught of focus on containment of the pandemic is, is crucial. And so nobody was prepared to staff this many people for this particular operation. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but we're doing our best to stand up to it and hope that good things come out of it. Wow, that's pretty cool. Kudos. And so where's the company go? Like, I mean, you guys become like a healthcare, customizable healthcare chatbot service. I mean, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that, that's certainly a possibility and an avenue that we're considering, right? It's up in the air. But what I will say is, you know, customization has always been one of our main selling points. Uh-huh. And, you know, by producing a lot of these assessments and a lot of these smaller products on the COVID-19 and helping the containment and helping these efforts, you know, we're doing our best to prove the customizability aspect of the chatbot and the platform itself, right? We're still focused and we're still hopeful that we can continue to offer services on, you know, what we just talked about, all the other workflow issues, social determinants of health sectors that we want to focus on that we were originally targeting. But at the same time, you know, it's what the healthcare organizations need at this point in time, particularly that's important. So if we can showcase that, then it uh, allows us to build better reputations and build better relationships with those that we can help in the future. For sure. So what would you say is your favorite book, Ricky? What book would you recommend to the listeners? Yeah, so one of the books that I read um, a while ago, actually, was called, and this is, I think is a pretty well-known book, it's called Delivering Happiness by uh, Tony Shea. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What a great book. It's kind of an oldie, right? <laughs> but, oldie, but a goodie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I liked it. I enjoyed it because, you know, it's obviously an entrepreneur spirit in there as well. But it tells you kind yes. of the, the craziness that there's some humor in it as well, right? Some irony and some sarcasm and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, in there yeah. to, to outline the grind of an entrepreneur, basically. Right. But yeah, I mean, after reading it, it kind of inspires you to just continue putting your head down, working hard and and doing good things. Yeah, I agree with you, Ricky. It's a great book. And if you folks haven't read it, it's a great read. Delivering Happiness, Tony Shea. He was an early investor in Zappos and took it to where it is now and being acquired by Amazon. Just, you know, one of the moments, Ricky, that sticks out to me was that moment where he sold his condo. And it was like... (laughs) almost done. Like the company was about to die. And they made a simple shift from drop shipping to actually carrying inventory to make it work. And it just skyrocketed. I mean, I'm so intrigued by those small tweaks that can make such a big difference. Like, and and that kind of reminds me of what you guys are doing, right? With this chatbot, who knows? Maybe that's the turn your company makes and it becomes a huge success. Yeah, well, I was actually just going to say, you know, when you mentioned that, it's like in hindsight, you know, we can always look at these stories that these famous entrepreneurs and successful, notable people, they can tell us in hindsight, right? But I'm sure when they were in it, they didn't realize that they were making a key decision that would pay off, right? So it's right. 
in a way, it allows you to really think that, okay, just kind of stay on your path, you know, focus and do what you believe in. And if you look back, maybe a year or two from now, it may become the right decision. It may not, but it may pay off, right? So it just kind of tells you to just keep your head down and focus, right? We hear a lot of stories like this, you know, where, where Elon Musk was on like his last final rocket launch. And if that failed, then everything was going to go bust as well, right? So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure at that point, he didn't know that that would become what it is today. So you never know. So it just kind of gives you that inspiration and gives you a little bit of faith to just keep on going. Stay with it, listeners. Stay with it. <laughs> Great message, Ricky. And I'm taking it to heart as well. I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with us all and the best place where the listeners could find out more about you or continue the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll close with, you know, we talked about a silver lining out of the global pandemic right now. And mm -hmm. my hope is that somehow healthcare technology gets accelerated as we work our way out of this pandemic going forward, right? People are starting to realize that uh, we can accomplish a lot more with telehealth, remote access to services. And, you know, I'm hoping that adoption of these technologies that boost the efficiency and production become the new norm. That's kind of my silver lining out of the uh, all the negatives right now that everyone's going through. And the best way to contact me is by email, really. Just send me a message at chat at proviohealth.com. That's chat, C-H-A-T, at proviohealth.com. Send me a message if you want to learn more about Provio Health or if you just want to get in touch and chat. Love it, Ricky. There you have it, folks. Ricky Sue from Provio Health. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today. And Ricky, just want to give you a big thanks for contributing. Thank you, Saul. It's my pleasure.